Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at Xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by special guest Norma Chu. Now, Norma is the CEO of Day Day Cook, a company that aims to promote Asian cooking across the globe, among many other things. So, Norma, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Sydney. Really glad to be here. All right, so let's just get started. I want to know a little bit about your career journey. So could you share with us your career in the food industry and what inspired you to um, become CEO of Day Day Cook? Sure. Well, I started the company about a good 12 years ago and really with a very simple idea and mission. I wanted to create and promote Asian recipes, a lot of my home recipes to the world. Um, and the journey really began with content creation. Um, even though now we are a full-grown food company, 12 years ago, we started with this concept and we started creating short-form video content. Um, and I started sharing the videos on social and video platforms. Um, then later on became content commerce where we started you know, recommending products. And right before the pandemic, we started launching our own private label and our own branded products. Um, so that's really been the journey of Day Day Cook, and um, it's been a, a very fun ride. <laughs> Um, now, in terms of the company, um, Dady Cook, obviously, like I said, has a mission to promote Asian cooking globally. So what sort of motivated this mission and how do you see it evolving in the future? Well, I think the motivation really started when I was young. I spent a lot of time, uh, I immigrated into the U uh, to the U.S. when I was 12. And so growing up, I spent a lot of time at home in the kitchen with my parents, my mom and my grandparents. And um, I think cooking has really had a big influence on how I grew up. And I think I really enjoyed it both from just spending time with your family, even cooking with friends at home. Um, it's always played a really important part of a quality lifestyle in my in my view. And so moving back to Hong Kong in my 20s, I realized you know, back then, a good 10 years ago, um, a lot of people didn't really view cooking as an important part of the lifestyle, especially in Asia. And so I wanted to change that. Um, I think that's where the inspiration comes through. I really want to promote this culture of you know spending time with your loved ones at home and just sharing a meal at home I think is is a really um, important part of everyday life um, so I think that's really important and if we look at how that's changed I think it really change in terms of how we are replicating these you know um, home recipes now at home uh, because I think uh, if you look at the industry trend it's really you know home has becoming the new epicenter of trying new things of being adventurous for a lot of consumers now um, and you know recently there's a Innova report that really studies what's really happening in the industry and now three out of five consumers in the U.S. are saying 
cooking at home is their first choice of trying new recipes for people. Um, and I think that's really new and it's really exciting and really is really driving a lot of demand for Asian food products um, across the market. Um, and so I think that's really changing. And if we look at the future, how can we capture this momentum and how can we be a part of this exciting growth going forward? It's really from a brand perspective, how can we enable the consumer to replicate something super delicious, but in a very little amount of time, right? Bringing that convenience to our consumer and really enabling them to have the joy of cooking, but taking out all the hassle, uh, but then enabling them to have something delicious and nutritious at home. Now, would you sort of thank, which is kind of a weird word, uh, you know, COVID and all the lockdowns for this shift to um, toward cooking from home? Um, I think to, cooking from home has always been, um, I always see it as an inevitable part of life as you grow up and you have a family and you spend more time at home or cooking for your, your loved ones. Uh, but definitely, I think um, pandemic has sped up or um, became like, a positive driver for a lot of consumers to experience cooking in that part of their lives. Um, and what's I think what's really on the positive side is, or it, it became a very positive surprise for me is, it really stuck around. Like it was not just because of that two, three years period that we were at home that we cooked more. Um, I think in general, when you when I talk to consumers or when when I talk to uh, friends and I see comments, um, a lot of people find cooking as very soothing and it's a great way to de-stress. Um, and so I think as nowadays we get more busy with our daily lives, people actually appreciate cooking. Um, and of course the cooking that is hassle-free because cooking can also, could potentially also be stressful. Um, but now that we have all these products that really enable the future generation to replicate all these recipes at home, um, really kind of pain-free, it's now becoming a trend to kind of, you know, if you want to de-stress, if you want to enjoy, you know, a good half an hour to yourself, I think cooking is becoming, you know, the choice of entertainment, if you will. Um, and so I think, you know, definitely COVID has kind of, um, you know, um, speed things up for everybody to try cooking for, uh, at one point in their lives. And the positive thing is that it's actually stuck around. And now I think it's really becoming a great, great trend. So in terms of your uh, company, I know that it adopts like a multi-brand strategy. So how do you think this approach helps in addressing diverse customer needs and preferences? And, you, and can you touch on some of the um, brands themselves? Yeah, I think, you know, owning a multi-brand strategy really serves us um, with a lot of benefits. I think we can cover a different variety of cuisine to start um, because, you know, Asian cuisine covers a lot of variety in terms of like flavor profiles and foods from different regions. Um, so that's one benefit. Second benefit is both from a price point and a sales channel, we can also have a wider coverage. So for example, we have two brands right now um, um, that we we acquired in the U.S. One is called Nona Lim. So Nona is also a mid-tier and a more slightly premium um, price point product. Um, the founder, Nona Lim, Nona is Singaporean. And so the product category is really spans across Southeast Asian flavor profiles. Um, and that brand, we provide a lot of, you know, soup-based product and also noodle meal kits um, and also meat entrees. Um, 
that price point, um, and because this has a very clean label approach, it, uh, you can find the products across, you know, Whole Foods, Kroger, and Perfect Foods, um, Target as well. Um, so that's one brand that we really love. And recently, we also helped that brand launch shelf-stable cup noodle products. Um, and so now you can also find the products across um, Amazon and a lot of e-commerce platforms here in the U.S. Second brand that we own now is Yai's Thai. Um, so Yai's founder, Leyland Sarah and, uh, and Leyland, um, so uh, they replicate a lot of their childhood recipes from home. So it's a lot of, you know, Thai sauces, Thai curries, super delicious product portfolio, and they do fantastically in uh, Costco and also in Whole Foods. Um, once again, I think what the beauty of owning multiple, um, multiple brands is that uh, we can service different sales channel much better. So previously, you know, Nona um, did not have any exposure in Costco and obviously Costco and all the club channels is a big um, uh, retail presence for the U.S. market. And through the acquisition of now Yai's Thai, we can also service a, a club channel like Costco much better. Um, and so, you know, having multi-brand enable us to, you know, service different cuisines well, and we do uh, specialize in, you know, different cuisines under different brands. Um, so we can offer that authentic and unique customer experience. At the same time, we really allow us to have a very comprehensive sales approach. So, you know, cus customers and consumers can, you know, get access to our products uh, much easier that way. Now, in terms of uh, Day Day Cook's exclusive product line, I know you you mentioned that launch before the pandemic in 2018. So what were the key factors um, considered in developing these products, particularly the Ready to Heat and Ready to Cook series? Yeah, I mean, it's really two things. Uh, number one, continue to find ways to innovate and can deliver products that can replicate these slightly more complicated recipes within, you know, eight to 10 minutes, or sometimes even quicker, right? With the cup noodles, it's really three, three to five minutes um, that you can enjoy these dishes at home. So really um, innovating by delivering convenience to our consumer is the first thing. Second part, which is really important in our product development process is really coming up with recipes that's delicious, but also have a clean label approach. Um, you know, I think when we think about a lot of Asian um, convenience foods, a lot of times we might think about, oh, it could have a lot of MSG in it. Um, that's why it's so delicious because uh, some of the Asian cooking has a lot of rich flavors. Um, but the way that we think about product development is really coming with a more clean label approach. So when you buy our products, you flip over and you start reading the ingredients label, you actually understand you know, exactly everything, every ingredient that we use. Um, so I think having this two approach really sets us apart. Um, and I think that's going to be the trend going forward, right? Now consumers are a lot more aware in terms of what they're buying, what they're eating, um, and so I think those two are the most important um, criteria when we think about product innovation. And speaking of trends, of course, uh, you know, big plant-based trend still growing. Um, and so how does Day Day Cook's plant-based meat series sort of stand out in this uh, very competitive market? Yeah, I mean... 
the way we think about plant-based is really offering, once again, more um, wholesome and delicious um, product for our consumers. And early on, we have always thought about how, what about, how, how, would, this, um, how would this ingredient be applied to Asian cooking or Asian convenient meal solutions? And so a couple of years back, we started you know, innovating with plant-based ingredient in convenience ready to heat items. And I think we were the first brand to market in mainland China to launch all these self-heated rice bowls with plant-based ingredients. Um, and I think that application or the way we think about plant-based product is um, a little bit more um, user-friendly, where we already incorporate a lot of the plant-based ingredients into more authentic and somehow slightly more complicated Asian recipes. Um, like last year, we had a two co-brand partnership, one with Nestle China, uh, with their Harvest Gourmet plant-based brand, and also with Oatly, with their oat milk. Uh, we thought about um, how can we incorporate something fun like oat milk into more friendly kids' recipes. Um, and that's when we launched three products um, targeting busy stay-at-home moms or busy working moms. How can they cook for their kids. Um, and so I think those two products have um, done really well in the market. And we were definitely um, able to demonstrate that we are able to innovate and be creative with plant-based ingredients. Uh, now, I'm curious to know about what strategies Day Day Cook uses to engage with consumers and sort of educate them about the richness and history of Asian cuisine. Um, I think the way we do um, education or continue to promote this um, mission that we have is really coming back to the original concept and coming back to the basics of content creation. Um, and I, I used to do a lot of my own video cooking video as well. Um, and I think telling that story and just showing people how easy it is to replicate these recipes at home or how um, first at all, these products that we are um, creating are um, really enable consumers to kind of envision that, oh, I can also try this at home, right? This is not complicated at all. Um, and so I think content creation and working with a wide network of influencers and content creators across different platforms, um, such as TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook is really important um, for us. And if you look at all the brands, including Nona Lim and including Yai's Thai, um, they all have great social media outreach. Um, and I think that's becoming, um, not only the trend to promote new product launches or promote the brand, but it's really at the heart of everything we do here. Yeah. And you've, you know, you've been with this company and you, for, you said 12 years now, you founded it 12 years ago. Is that right? Um, so yeah, thinking of, um, you know, the differences between then and now, how important would you say that, um, you know, social media marketing has been in uh, witnessing growth? Oh my God, I night and day. I think back then, <laughs> back then when we first started and when we started doing these content and we were kind of like the outlier or like the early movers. It's like, oh wow, you started the brand on you know social platform or like, oh, you create all these content every day. So we were kind of like not the, the not the um not the not not part of the bigger group. 
we're kind of the outliers. But now I think every brand almost launched first on social media. So now it's becoming mainstream and it's almost a must that um, any brands will need to have a good social strategy. And I think I will take one step further. Now brands will need to have a good social commerce strategy, really thinking about, you know, how, so you have, we create great content, we have great awareness and we ha have all these uh, product launches and driving awareness, but how can we make the um, content consumption and the actual consumption of the product much easier? Um, you know, from the click on the video to buying the products in maybe in two clicks or even one click, then the, then the consumer can try the products right away. So I think it's really night and day and I, I, I see a lot of excitement in it. I think there's still a lot of, um, you know, user experience that we can do better from a brand perspective to make it even easier for product for for consumers to try our products, um, and I think that's where we are gonna in, invest more time and energy in 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 the next few years. I'm also curious to know about, um, you know, some sustainability practices, obviously sustainability in the food industry is um, becoming more and more important. So can you talk about any sustainability practices that are incorporated into the production and packaging of uh, your company's products? Yeah, I think packaging is definitely an area of focus for us. Um, we continuously look for better packaging option, less one-time plastic use options, um, because you know being in an industry, we understand that's really important. Um, and part of the initiatives that I have started in Hong Kong is an uh, initiative called Good Food Movement. And what it does is actually a sustainability food tech um, incubation platform, where we continuously, every year, we scout and look for new innovation in the food tech and sustainability space. Uh, and one of the pillars that we really care about is packaging and sustainable packaging. Um, and there's some really cool innovation coming out. Uh, and hopefully, you know, with some early investment into these companies, we can then in a few years time, incorporate those technologies into our packaging solutions. Um, hopefully we can, you know, all do better in terms of how we can reduce all these um, single use plastic and other packaging materials. Um, now, in terms of some challenges, what have been some of your biggest, you know, battles you've faced at Day Day Cook, but also what um, are some achievements that you're most proud of? Um, I'll start with the challenges first. Yeah. <laughs> I think just in general, um, for the past 12 years, it's always been about management and people management. Um, obviously, the team has grown. And as the founder and CEO of the company, I've learned to kind of um, manage different teams and remind myself of the importance of, you know, um, having the right org structure that supports the future growth of the company. Um, so I think, you know, management or people management has always been an ongoing um, life learning process as a CEO of the company. Um, and in terms of, you know, takeaway and benefits, I mean, there are so much, there's so many, um, benefits and I've grown so much as an individual. I think the whole, uh, it, it's been an incredible learning journey and kind of what I call a self-discovery journey um, as an entrepreneur. Um, I think throughout the process, um, you, I learn my own strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think some of the key strengths that I've found, I realized or discovered along this journey is okay, I have great uh, strategic thinking or um, you develop uh, quickly or, or, or um, 
I'm a quick learner and I can learn better leadership. Um, and I do fairly good new business development when I see an opportunity in a new market. How do we you know, capture that market and so on and so forth. But some of the weaknesses are um, because of our personality as an entrepreneur, I had a hard time like putting things down <laughs> and I almost had a difficulty. I had a hard time really turning off sometimes. And I think that's really important. And I learned the importance of that in the past few years. And so, you know, through this self-discovery journey and understanding your own weaknesses, then I fine tune and develop a new discipline in life. Right. So where every morning, for example, right now it's 5.50 in the morning. <laughs> um, so in the morning, what I do is I carve out two hours of me time where it's completely just time for myself. And I call that, and I do my workout. I do my 10 kilometers walk. That is my important day, everyday downtime. But it's funny, the thing I call it downtime because it's my perfect way to start the day as well. So that was that 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 whole habit and routine really did was developed through understanding of my own weaknesses otherwise it's important it is almost important impossible to kind of balance out the stress with work and and having a more um integrated work-life balance when i call um but you know overall i think it's been a super rewarding journey as an entrepreneur i gained so much in terms of like mentorship friendship um, and DDC has really taken me to so many places that I've never thought I will be in, um, including the New York Stock Exchange, right? Without these recent listing. If you asked me 12 years ago, do you imagine standing on, on that podium and ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange? I'm like, what? Um, but it's just been an incredible journey. Well, you have so much to be proud of. And and speaking of, of you know, your, your morning routine, I was going to ask, what a typical day looks like in your life as CEO um, and as an entrepreneur. I know that's probably tough because days probably change so much, but if you could sort of walk me through a typical day in your life. <laughs> a typical day will start around um, 5 a.m., sometimes 4.30. And I do my um, whole routine. I do. I take my vitamins. I do my journaling. And then um, I start my walk. So I'm very religious about that 10 kilometers walk, which really started with like seven, six, seven kilometers a few years back. And then it kind of added in, in length and duration. Um, and that usually takes about 90 to 100 minutes to complete. Um, and then I start my day with my daily sync up calls with the senior executive team. Um, and sometimes the, the call starts at, 5 a.m. as well, and now with the U.S. as well. Um, but then it's my regular sync up with the executive team, and then it goes into the office with regular meetings with different um, business units. Um, and then the afternoon is slightly more flexible where I get to meet business partners or I meet my investors or mentors. Um, and then the, the evening starts again with the U.S. calls. <laughs> Uh, which is the U.S. daily meetings. And I tend to go to sleep before 11. So I want I, I find that my optimal sleep habit is about five and a half to six hours. Um, and so that's pre pretty much my my day. 
Well, I imagine you sleep very well um, or because uh, your days are very jam-packed and you get such an early start. Um, but lastly, I just want to know what your future plans are for Day Day Cook and is there anything particular coming up or expansions that you're particularly excited about? Oh my God, there are so many fun things happening and um, I feel very fortunate to be in this space at this time. There are so much um, fun brands out there that we're talking to uh, because our growth strategy is basically uh, two area focus. One is continue our plan on internationalization. Um, in particular, the U.S. market is a market of focus for us and continue to expand the product and brand portfolio. And these two things really go hand in hand. So um, right now we're having some very interesting discussion with more brands in the U.S. and we continue to learn about the market um, and then also, you know, the whole trend for convenience and convenient meal solutions with a particular Asian twist, it doesn't stop with the U.S. market. We also see similar trends in Europe um, and also in Australia and other parts of the world. So we're not jumping right into a lot of other markets just yet, but we are definitely having some early conversations and also learning about potential opportunities in other space. Um, but overall, um, right now, what's getting me excited is to continue to, you know, execute on our strategy. Hopefully we get to partner with more awesome founders and, you know, acquire more awesome brands into the U.S. market. Um, and that's super fun for me. So here at X Talks, you know, we're based in Canada, but a lot of our clients are based in the U.S. and in Europe and, and internationally. So for any of our listeners, um, where can they purchase your products? Um, right now, we are available in over 10,000 sales points in the U.S., so definitely any Whole Foods, Kroger, um, as mentioned, you know, Costco, and also Sprouts Farmers Market, um, all these offline retail networking and find out products, but you can also go online and find out products on Amazon and in Perfect Foods and Hungry Roots. All right, wonderful. Norma, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me, Sydney. Had a great time. Thank you. All right. That's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.